Hi there, everyone. It's me, Jupiter. And yeah, welcome to another Ghost on Pacific. Uh, this is the last of the recordings that I have personally listened to. Uh, like I said in the first episode, I am an extremely busy woman, and frankly, I just don't have time to dig through all of this. It's a lot of files. I, from this point on, like, I'm not going to have listened to them before I put them out. So uh, I, I'm not going to be able to provide a whole lot of insight. But if I'm being honest, here, I'll, I'll provide my theory. I kind of think these are all just fakes. I think that Juno, whoever they are, just made this, made this whole thing, just made it up for fun. I mean, come on, the audio files have sound effects in them, which is completely impossible if it was just a raw recording, and the transcripts include Juno's lines. I mean, it's all fake, as far as I'm concerned. But I don't know. Maybe there's some deeper truth that I just don't know. And you know what? I'm I'm okay not figuring it out. I'm I'm okay not knowing. Uh, so this one's for y'all. If you want to dig in more, uh, go at it. Oh, and uh, I just want to go ahead and thank Duck, Aspen, and Nerd Holistic for providing support over on our Patreon. Uh, I would. Highly encourage uh, everyone to go check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash mushroomstation. Uh, it would really, really help us out. Uh, if you were able to provide financial support, you are supporting this little adventure and uh, the other shows on the network and, uh, and our future growth. Uh, so I would highly encourage you to go check it out. There are... Uh, some very fun tiers. Our Discord is a lot of fun. Uh, the $20 tier gets you a commission from me. Uh, I, I am just very excited about it, and I hope you are too. So go check us out over at patreon.com slash mushroomstation. Uh, all right, I'll let you get to the recording, uh, and uh, have a good one, all right? There's no other solution. I'm... I'm being stalked. I'm being stalked. I got another letter. Of course... Of course I got another letter. It's been two weeks. It's been two weeks, but I was expecting this. You know, I've been tracking the mail. I've been tracking the mail trucks as best as I can. I'm not, like, eye-in-the-sky hacker, but... But I've been watching... Every day that I haven't been at work, 
and I've asked my neighbors, and the mail truck comes around here at 3 p.m. every day. Except on Sundays, I guess. But these letters? No. 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 They show up at, like, random times. I've only gotten three of them, but the first one I got while I was at work. So it must have been sometime in the morning. Could have been at 3 p.m. Don't think so. Second one was already in my mailbox when I woke up. And this one, I checked the mail when I got home from work at like 6 o'clock and there was nothing. And then I went inside and, and I just got nervous. First, I don't know why. I just got nervous, and I ran out, and I checked the mailbox again, and there it was. There was no truck. Nothing. The only way that somebody could do that, the only way, is if they were watching me. If they knew where I was. I'm being stalked. I have to be. And for what? For what? Is it really just to get audiobooks of fan fiction? Is that it? And, and why me? Why me? I don't do this. It's a horrible thought, but if, if they were going to do this to anybody who lived here, it would have been Daphne. But no, it, it wouldn't have been for her. She was never into any of this stuff. She made that very clear. So it's for me. And whoever this is, they clearly know a lot about me. I'm being stalked, and I'm being hacked, and I'm... You know what? You know what? I'm gonna turn off the Wi-Fi. I'm gonna turn off the Wi-Fi. No more Wi-Fi. There. Try and hack me without Wi-Fi, creep. <sighs> I'm freaked out. Obviously, I'm freaked out. Who, who wouldn't be? This is weird. This is extremely... I've tried to keep it buttoned up. I've tried to keep it buttoned up until now. But I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, is it wrong that I still kind of want to read it? I mean, I'm recording. I'm already recording. I wouldn't be recording if I didn't want to do this. I, clearly, my brain wants me to do this. I've started it. And now I just want to finish it. Ugh. I hate how my brain works sometimes. Alright, whatever. Whatever. Let's just... Let's just do it. Oh, season one, episode two, huh? Okay, we're going sequential now. Alright. Let's go. Alright, everybody, we're rolling. Get your pants on. If you insist. I'm wearing shorts. I'm also wearing shorts. Cosmo hit it. Sure, sure. Uh, welcome, everybody, to Ghost Hunt Pacific. I'm Cosmo King. I'm here with Fatima Varma and Micaiah Cook. What's up, nerds? Hello. Uh, so... Okay, uh... We're at the Argall house, uh, named after Josephine Argall. 
this house has been abandoned since 1936, and honestly, it shows. This house was built sometime around 1880, and frankly, with the construction, that veranda was always going to collapse. Especially without a solid foundation, which I'm guessing this place absolutely does not have. Cosmo? Oh, right, sorry. Uh, so, Josephine apparently lived by herself, and no one ever really saw her leave the house. She arranged for groceries to be delivered, and just lived off her deceased father's money for her whole life. I guess she did decorate the outside of the house in some way, though. And people would see lights turn on and off like normal as she moved around. Stories are kind of hard to come by. I talked to some of the neighbors. The older ones remember her. Apparently she was a big fan of garden gnomes, so everyone noticed when they went missing. Yeah, that's what freaks me out. Apparently one night everything she owned just disappeared. No one saw it happen, I guess. At least no one we could find. But one morning, Josephine and everything she owned disappeared. Some people say she moved away in the night, but no one is really sure. I don't think the Oinkers even investigated. I'm not sure that anyone really knew what to do. She didn't have any friends or living family, as far as I heard. No one in the neighborhood knew her. A lot of them didn't even know her name. She had a nickname, but it was pretty rude. Poor girl. She was 68 when she disappeared. Poor woman, then. She shouldn't have been treated that way. Unfortunately, we don't know much else about her. We don't know why she lived such a solitary life. Maybe she enjoyed it, but I think having friends is important. Well, lucky I found you all then. Cosmo? Sorry. Cut that. Stop hugging me. Not after that. Yeah, you need a moment. Let us know when you're ready again. I'm good. I'm good. I can take over if you want. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome, King. Okay. <clears throat> we might not know much about Josephine, but hopefully we can figure out more in our investigation. Maybe we'll find clues to where she went and we can make a documentary about what happened. We could become investigative journalists. <laughs> Are we ready to head in? Is everyone wearing steady shoes? It looks pretty dangerous, and I don't want anybody stepping on glass. I've got my steel toes, so I'm sure I'll be fine. Cosmo? Do Chuck Taylors count? No, but we'll make it work. We're not following any safety guidelines, are we? Not as such. Ideal. Well, now you got me thinking about broken glass and my feet. It'll be fine, Cosmo. Let's go! Flashlight's on, everybody. We're gonna go in through the front door. Uh, we don't know the layout, so stick together and call out any dangers or interesting things you see. Uh, yeah, Captain. Sure. 
Okay, sure. Okay, let's go. Okay, so there isn't really a door so much as there's a door frame. So many wild animals could be in there. Maybe we'll see some deer grazing on trash. Watch out for possums or skunks. If I see a skunk, I'm just gonna fart harder. I doubt it. So, here we are in the... main room? Foyer? That's close enough. It's honestly hard to tell what anything is when it's all collapsed in on itself. Like, okay, we've got stairs going up. Although, upstairs looks inaccessible with all that rubble. A little hallway going past the stairs to a door in front of us. And two doors on the sides. It's kind of cramped, and frankly, it's trashed in here. We got all the classics. Broken windows on the front wall, dust and cobwebs, crumpled drywall. Hmm. Micaiah opens a side table drawer next to the stairs on the left wall. Hey, watch out for that broken lamp. I'll be fine, Cosmo. Thank you. I'm just looking for clues about Josephine. Uh, Micaiah opens the other drawer. Uh-huh. A picture. Micaiah examines the picture frame. This seems to be a photo of Miss Argall. Must have been some time close to before she went missing. Looks about in her sixties. Huh. Standing in a field. I wonder who took the picture. Who can say? But this is proof she left the house at some point. And knew... Somebody. She doesn't look happy regardless. Actually, she looks scared. Hmm. Hey, let's get a move on. I want to get a feel for the layout of this house. Oh, sure. Micaiah places down the picture frame. Cosmo opens the door on the left wall. Huh. Okay. Not what I was expecting. It's just a hallway. But it just hooks around. I don't see any doors. It just turns to the right, and then stops and turns right again. Normally you'd expect a door off to the side somewhere, or a closet, or something. Hell, from the outside, wasn't there a whole left wing? Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah... You're right. That is strange. Huh. Well, let's explore it, I guess. Maybe we'll find an entrance to that left wing somewhere else. Oh, there goes a rat! Ah! Sorry, Cosmo. There are no chairs to stand on. I just think all rats should leave me alone forever. I think that's what it was doing. Whatever. It's fine. Here's the door. Oh, Cosmo telling me to leave? What? No, there's literally a door here. It's so weird. This hallway is just a wide U-shape connecting two rooms. Why design a space like this? Well, maybe we'll find the answer by opening the door? Oh, right, sorry. Cosmo opens the door. 
Wait, what? This doesn't make any sense. It's the same room we were just in. That's... that's impossible. Guys, look out the windows. That's the outside. N no. Cosmo slams open the front door. What? That's the room again. Wait. No, it's not. It's different. Look, the drywall in this room isn't nearly as collapsed as in that room. This room is... less ruined. What? Are you saying that this room is... what? In the past? I have no idea. Hold on, I want to try something. Stay here, look through the windows. Fatima walks through the door and closes it behind her. What? Uh, okay, Fatima, it, it's just the outside. Somehow. Fatima! Fatima, can you hear us? Open the door. Okay. Micaiah opens the door. Did you see me? No, nothing. Didn't you hear us shouting? What? No, I couldn't hear anything. What? Cosmo, stop saying that. Th sorry, this is... this is just impossible. Do we keep going? I... yes. Yes, we have to know what's going on here. I'm with Cosmo. This is uncharted territory. Okay, I agree. Should I use the Spiricon? Oh, right. Our, our equipment. I failed to see how temperature will tell us anything about this. Well, hold on. Fatima turns on her EMF reader, reads the gauge, and moves to the duplicate room. Okay, the EMF is reacting just a little bit stronger in the second room than the first. Cosmo turns on the temperature gauge and mimics Fatima's movements. Hmm. But the temperature is about consistent. Average 41 degrees Fahrenheit. Alright. Let's see if we can speak to Miss Argal and get some answers. Micaiah turns on the Spiricom, but hears only silence. Huh. Micaiah flips the switch off and then on again. The same result. Did we break it already? It was working when we tested it earlier. The readout is saying it's working, but there isn't any noise. The volume wheel isn't doing anything either. Maybe the ghost is doing that? Must not like the sound. Micaiah switches off the Spiricom. I don't think we're going to get anything useful out of this. Let's just move on. What door do we want to try? Uh, let's try the right door. I got it. Fatima opens the door on the right wall of the duplicate room. Another hallway. Like a mirror of the other one. But it doesn't go back to the first room. It only goes deeper into the house. Oh, I want to try something again. Fatima closes the door in front of her and runs back to the first room. She walks through the right door and closes it behind her. 
Moments later, she arrives through the door in the second room. Okay, look! The hallway now goes back to the first room! The house changed. What is going on here? Try closing the door and opening it again. Okay. Fatima crosses into the second room, closes the door, and immediately reopens it. This is... Now the hallway is going the other direction. So, the house is changing depending on where you enter, all leading deeper into the house. Whatever Josephine is doing, I think she wants us to go on. There's something to find here. Will we be able to leave? When we're ready. Okay. Let's go. Wait. Wait, what? Okay, all the dialogue just stops for a while. Like... Like, it's it's just this, like, big block of text. Like, narration or whatever. Uh, okay. Sure. Cosmo, Fatima, Makaya, and Yijun all walk into the hallway through the right door. The different hallway. The snake. This hallway is different from the last. Less dilapidated. The walls have more color to them. More life. The wood still creaks under their feet, but perhaps it always did that. The lights flicker, faintly. Fatima does not think to check her toy. She is right not to. Cosmo, Fatima, Makaya, and Hijun arrive at the door at the end of the hallway. It welcomes them, coldly. Fatima disrespectfully turns the handle with an eagerness that leaks through her gloved fingertips. They open themselves into the room again. They silently examine the elements of the room, searching for inconsistencies with the previous incarnation. Fatima observes the windows, once again showing the outside. It reflects a different time. She opens what would be the front door and sees into the previous two steps, all the way to the front door she came in before. She does not express her excitement over this information. Cosmo notices the stairs. The wood still collapsed, its shards like sleeping teeth already satisfied with a meal. However, Cosmo's path is less impeded, which he views as a positive. Progress. He could not be more wrong. He makes a mental note of this. Micaiah remembers the picture frame. They walk to the side table, seeing the table- They? They. They walk to the side table, seeing the table lamp no longer shattered on the floor and instead placed right where they imagine it should be. There is no bulb. Micaiah opens the right drawer, remembering the placement of the picture frame. They find what they are looking for, and break the silence. The picture is... different. Cosmo and Fatima walk up to the side table. Yijun adjusts the camera to reframe on the action. He will always miss something. Oh, yeah. Creepy. Josephine looks the same, just younger. And that looks like that might be her dad. But who's that behind them? There's someone way in the back staring right at the camera. 
It's hard to tell. Words fail, as they always do. Micaiah places down the photograph and moves towards the door past the stairs at the back of the room. Cosmo, Fatima, and Yijun follow without direction. None of them knows how deep this goes. Cosmo thinks that they must have already hit the end of the physical dimensions of the house. Fatima is ignorant to such concerns, only thinking of the possibilities. Micaiah opens the door, confident as to what they'll find. They are right. The room, again. Electricity buzzing with cheap wiring. The stairs collapsed long ago. Cosmo, Fatima, Micaiah, and Yijun examine it with less care than the last. They think they have it figured out. They do not. They are beginning to become satisfied with their meal as well, but greedily hope for dessert. Cosmo, Fatima, Micaiah, and Yijun push past this room with swiftness, uncaring. They want something new. They find it. Micaiah opens the door at the back of the room, confident they will be able to speak to it. They never will. Cosmo, Fatima, Micaiah, and Yijun enter the last version of the room they'll see. It is dark and red. Paint marks drag against the floor near their feet and the walls near their heads. The markings are shaped in a way that seems incomprehensible to them. Cosmo notices the stairs immediately. Clear. A passage to a new site. He moves towards it, like a vulture to its prey. The group begins to climb the stairs when Fatima stops and turns, seeing the paint for what it is. A phrase. A message. A threat. The paint crawls up every surface it touches, only to be seen properly from the perspective of its target. It reads, I'm going to gut you. Cosmo, Fatima, Micaiah, and Yijun stare at the paint. Cosmo wonders if it's for them. Micaiah knows that it's for Josephine. Fatima concerns herself with the artistry, the precision. Yijun thinks only to keep it in frame for the time that will give it the most dramatic effect. The group turns, in perfect silence, and walks up the stairs. The stairs arrive at a landing in between the two floors, and turns to the right to ultimately face back towards the entrance. The scene, in what feels more like an attic than a second floor, is slowly revealed more and more with each step. It is neither. The ceiling angles up to a triangle point above. Below that, at the prospectively back wall, there is a bay window that none of the group remember from the outside. The moonlight alone illuminates a bed sitting in the middle of the otherwise empty space. In the bed lies Josephine. She is a 68-year-old woman. She is dressed in wool pajamas. She sits up. She was not sleeping but could not be described as awake. She stares at Cosmo, who was the first up the stairs, with a look of unrecognizable disbelief. She, with the utmost caution, raises her finger up to her lips. Cosmo returns the gesture. The floor undulates, the wood soundlessly dipping and receding like water. 
Josephine's eyes widen. She opens her mouth a fraction before dropping through the bed, her form visible underneath the frame as she falls into the wood. Gone. Nothing is heard. Cosmo, Fatima, Micaiah, and Yijun retreat down the stairs in hope of catching one last glimpse of their prize. They do not find it. Cosmo, Fatima, Micaiah, and Yijun run towards the still open door at the feet of the stairs, ignorant to this reality. They are surprised to find themselves ejected from the house as they cross the threshold, their vision changing from the sight of the layers of the house to the outside world. In an instant, Fatima breaks the silence. Okay? What happened in there? I don't know. We saw another ghost, right? I meant, why did we stop talking? Why were we okay with that? I don't know. It didn't feel weird, though, right? It felt... natural. Nothing in that house is natural. I... I, I don't know. I felt like I was able to understand it all perfectly at the time. I could hear you three, without hearing you, if that makes sense. It doesn't? I don't know what you're talking about. I just followed you and Micaiah. Yeah, same. I didn't think anything was wrong until we got out here. I mean, except for the woman getting pulled through the floor. Yeah, what was that? The ghost trying to scare us into leaving? If so, did it really work? Weren't we all trying to find her at the end there? I was concerned. I know she's a ghost, but I just felt like I needed to protect her. Protect her from what? She's the one who did all of that. Well, did she want us there or not? I kind of got mixed signals. Perhaps the way the dead feel emotions is just different from how we experience them. Recursive instead of reactive. Maybe. So their emotions are expressed through the architecture? I suppose. The house also got cleaner as we went through it. Same as Mr. Woodcock's home. Perhaps there is something to the idea that ghosts are somehow stuck in the past. Alright, enough theorizing, guys. I'm exhausted. I am excited about all this, too, but that was a bit too much for my brain to handle right now. No, yes. Sorry. No, it's fine. Let's just end the episode, okay? Ghost on Pacific, signing off. Okay, uh... Ghost on Pacific signing off. Very smooth, cuz. It just cuts off there. Uh, okay. Okay? What? What was that? No, what, no, what was that? What, what was that? Uh, why was it written like that? Why... Why was any of it like that? Why have them walk... They walk into this house, and then what? The narration just takes over? This, this isn't... This isn't how 
subtitles work. This isn't how stage direction works. This isn't how anything works. Am I supposed to believe this? Am I... Oh my god. What's the point? It sounds... It sounds like the... The... Stage direction. Or whatever you call it when it's in TV. It sounds like a fully other character. Why? Why? Is that just the writer just... Having some fun? What's... What's the point of all of this? And why was Josephine given a name in the script? In the last two, it was... What? Intercom and Manifestation? But no, in this one she gets a name. We knew the last guy's name. Why wasn't the last guy called Mr. Woodcock in the script? No. It's a Manifestation. Now it's Josephine. What does it matter, I guess? What, I, what, whatever. Uh, I, I will say, though, seems like Makai uses they, them pronouns. I, I'm not sure how well known those pronouns were in the 80s, but hey, that's cool. Same as me. Neat. Mm. So, okay. Alright. You know what? Let me humor the writer. I'm going to look up Josephine. I'm going to look up Josephine Argall. We're going to see what we get. Okay, the best I can find is a Deborah Josephine Argall Darling. That's quite a name. Deborah Josephine Argall Darling. Wow. Who died uh, in 1910 in New York. So obviously that has nothing to do with this, unless she went back in time, moved, and changed her name. I don't know. Whatever. Oh. Oh, no, okay, wait, hold on. I found a newspaper archive site. Uh, it has an obituary in the... Corvallis Gazette Times for one Josephine Argall. And has a lot of the same details. She was reported missing in 1936 and was officially declared dead the following year. No family, no living family, and no will. Apparently had an empty casket buried in the Corvallis Cemetery. Hmm. Wait, this is set in Corvallis. Wait, okay, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Okay, they, they said the last house was at 1436 Cherry Drive. Okay. Hmm. Okay, well, I'm not finding the... I'm not finding the house on Google Maps, but I found the street. That's real, at least. Mm. Okay, apparently the house did exist, and was condemned and torn down in 2008. Damn, I bet if Mr. Woodcock was a ghost, he would be pissed about that. <laughs> okay, so... 
So whoever is writing this must live in Corvallis. They must. I mean, it's a college town, so maybe I'm looking for a college student? None of, none of this feels right. None of this is right. None of this is right. I mean, obviously none of it is right. Oh my god. Why do this? Why you have such intricate detail about the history of Corvallis, and you, you, you use it for this? We have all of these real elements just to tell a fake little story. I don't understand. I don't understand. I am worried, though. I will gut you. Josephine was being stalked. Josephine was being stalked. That's, that's what it reads like to me. Was that message for me? Is this... Is this all for me? I will gut you. I... I gotta go to bed. I don't know if I'll sleep. But I gotta try. Whatever. End recording.